This is Media Sales Mastery, the podcast for media sales professionals. In each episode, we bring you information, insights, ideas, and interviews from some of the industry's top thought leaders. Head to mediasalesmastery.com to help pick the topic and guide the show. This is Media Sales Mastery, the podcast for media sales professionals. In each episode, we aim to bring you information, insights, and interviews from some of the industry's top thought leaders. I'm your host, Jamie Wood, and I'm very pleased to welcome back to the show Mr. Alex Whitlock, director of one of Australia's leading media publishing houses, Momentum Media, and host of the podcast series, Killer Media Sales. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, a very, very important step in the sales process, which is around qualifying the opportunity. And why I say that's a critical step is because securing a meeting is fine, but being able to make sure that it is a productive revenue generating meeting and being able to leave there with a qualified opportunity to go and work through is so vital. Alex? Welcome back to the show. Great to have you here again. Jamie, thank you very much for inviting me back on. I loved it last time. It's great to be here. Great. Well, mate, look, it's it's really interesting because the last chat we had was all around targeting relevant advertisers, and that was all with a view of how do we get that meeting with a client. Once we've got the meeting, though, how do we actually drive that conversation forward and drive that meeting forward, qualify a real opportunity to come back with a media solution? So I wanted to really talk about this um, just more organically than maybe last time. So, yeah. you know, I guess from my perspective, though, um, some people call it a discovery meeting. Some call it an uncovery meeting. Others call it interrogating the brief in agency land is, is a common term that we use. Whatever it's called, I guess any successful media salesperson should go into every meeting with a clear goal of uncovering the opportunity. Would it be fair to say that this is one of the biggest pitfalls of a media salesperson is going into these meetings and not being able to come out of the meeting with an outcome like that? I think it is, Jamie, you know, and it's, I mean, conducting a, uh, a concise and a structured meeting is actually, um, it's, it's really difficult until you know how to do it. And, and the outcomes can be catastrophic. And I've had meetings in my early days where they have just spun out of control, where they've kind of meandered off and, it's, and you, you can feel them slipping away and you, and you just know that it's a waste of your time and a waste of the client's time. So I think Having a real focus on the meetings, having a tight control, there are some very, very simple guidelines in my mind that can ensure really, really outstanding outcomes for the, you know, for the media representative and then ultimately also for the client. Uh, I think that's a really, really good summary there. So we're going to jump into the next segment, which is the first five, but we're going to take a different approach this time. The first five. So last time you were on, you spoke to us about the first five years in media, your time in Hong Kong, and yep. uh, and certainly you know gave us a broad overview of twenty five years in media sales. So given we've we've had that chat already, I think what I wanted to talk about uh, today was you know could you share with the audience the one skill or the one insight that you wish you'd learnt earlier in your career? Wow, um, I think um, the one skill and discipline that I had learnt uh, earlier and practiced earlier, I think. Is structure is really sort of structure and organisation, um, and that and that really permeates into a number of areas. So, I am a little bit of a I back myself to dive straight in, and, I, and I'm very very good at it. Um, but it's my my great strength is also my great weakness because there are times where I end up maybe doing too many things in one go, and then things start to fall down. So I think having the ability to sit down at the beginning of the day, or maybe it better still you know, sort of the last 10 minutes of the day before, plan your day ahead, 
have a look at the opportunities that you've got cropping up. We all get very excited about the revenue that we can bring in for the company and for ourselves in terms of commission, but actually making sure that you can deliver things in a measured and in a structured way throughout the course of the day. So you're not going like a blue ass fly for three hours and then, you know, sort of burnt out. So organizing your day, knowing when you've got to do your cold calling, knowing when you've got to do your following up, knowing what proposals you've got to do, making sure you don't have too many proposals so they're done either poorly or they don't get done in the right time. So I think organization is really, really, really critical. I would I wholeheartedly agree with that. I think we're in a dynamic, fast-paced industry. And uh, one of the challenges that I think a lot of people have, maybe more so in the agency space, but I say anyone who's got clients is you can react to your market all day. You can sit there and have emails and phone calls and things that interrupt you know, your productive revenue generating sales time. So being able to be disciplined and to focus on those high return activities and to really hold yourself accountable to working in those core hours and focusing on primarily high return activities, it, it's so vital. And I would agree, mate, it's probably something I wish I had have learned earlier too. <laughs> <laughs> Media Sales Mastery. So Alex, we're going to jump into the main topic around uncovering the opportunity. So, you know, we've secured the meeting with a client or an agency to discuss the advertising objectives and how our our product and our media brand might be able to support. What does a media salesperson need to prepare in order to go into that conversation? So I think that I think the preparation starts sort of early on in the piece. I think it, it is so critical when lining up a meeting that a meeting is lined up within a, with, with, you know, aiming towards an outcome where you're going to be either signing off on some spend or you're going to be putting down something fairly structured. And I think if you don't really confirm that before meetings are being organized, that's where you're in the danger of we're going to go and meet up and then we're going to sit there and the client doesn't really want to spend and you don't really know that they're, they're ready to spend. So I think, first of all, before the meeting is organized, you've got to be, and you've got to be brave and you've got to be straightforward and you've got to be honest as a salesperson. And, and some salespeople, I hear them shy away from actually talking about money and I think you've got it you, you everything for me Jamie is part of a process you know um, and a sale is a holistic thing but there are little stepping stones that take you to the money being signed off and you need to step on each of those stones to get the sign off and, and part of one of those stepping stones is when you're lining up a meeting is to before you've turned up for the meeting is explain what the purpose of the meeting is and, you know and you say look I'd like to take so you know if, if you can spare me half an hour of your time I have this particular opportunity here. I think it's going to give you a, fan, a fantastic outcome and I think it's going to achieve X, Y, Z for your company. Um, I'd like to look at, you know, uh, outlining something where we can maybe get a sign off on some budget and I'll take you through the whole process. So that has to be done before the meeting is even set up. That's the first thing. And, and would that be prior to going into the meeting, Alex? Or is, because it sounds to me like you're very much setting an agenda for the meeting, but would that be something you would do when confirming the meeting on a phone call? Absolutely, or, or Jamie. potentially... Absolutely. Yeah. You like everything to me is is about lining things up. It's a sequential. It's not lurching from one thing to another. I think one of the, I think salespeople sometimes fragment things. They will pitch and they think that that's a holistic thing and then they will try and follow up and then they'll go I'm going to get a meeting and you've got to look at the end. You've got to look at the view the whole process with the end in mind. So when you're looking at a series of steps towards getting sign off on a deal, it, it becomes it should become first nature that you, you know, in a, in a comfortable, confident way, say, I think a meeting would be really, really valuable. I think it's a really exciting opportunity. I think we can help you achieve fantastic results through reaching our particular audience. Um, look, the purpose of the meeting is going to be to line up this particular opportunity 
So you're just letting them know we're not meeting for the sake of meeting. We're meeting. We're taking a step towards getting a deal done. And unless the prospect subscribes to that and agrees to the meeting on the basis that we are walking towards doing a deal, you're wasting your time doing the meeting because otherwise you're just meeting for the sake of it. Yeah. And and that's a really critical, critical piece of information that people need to remember is that an hour, two hours, three hours out of your day for a non-productive meeting where you can't actually drive it to an outcome or qualify an opportunity is is dead time. And three or four of them in a week can be really catastrophic at the end of the month around productivity. It's, it's also, Jamie, for the benefit of the prospect as well, you're telling them that we as salespeople need to steer. Now, that doesn't mean dominate or dictate or, you know be overbearing, but we need to steer. We need to steer the process because we are the people driving the sale. We're helping the the, the prospect achieve their results because we, we are experts in terms of our audience. So we are steering things. So you steer the prospect, you educate them that the purpose of the meeting is we're going to help them achieve a fantastic outcome by spending some money with us. I would also then say, so it's all about teeing everything up the right way. So then when you turn up for the meeting, I've, I've already... I'm in the driving seat, you know, just gently I'm driving the meeting because I've called the meeting and I'm looking to provide the solution. And I am a stickler for when I go to a meeting and I will, I'm sure you're going to ask me some questions about preparation further than the track, but just in practical terms, this is so important. When you have a meeting, don't get bogged down the ice break uh, for too long. What I will always do, I will, I will keep the ice break. People just do that for too long have it really short. And then I will smile and I will say, look, thank you very much for taking time to meet up. Uh, I, I know you guys are very, very busy. Look, I'm just going to take about 40 minutes of your time today. I'm very, very excited to look at X, Y, Z. Um, look, the purpose of the meeting is for me to find out a little bit more about the priorities for ABC um, and to look at you know some of the opportunities where we can help you uh, deliver some results. And then I'm going to give you some information about my particular platform and then we're hopefully going to move towards seeing if we can create something for you to uh, you know to be involved blah 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 so you just you you it's so important to give that little preamble at the beginning of the meeting because you set the script and now i i have taken control of the meeting because if you don't do that you will sometimes get you know the you'll get bombarded by questions from the person you're meeting with and you've lost control and now suddenly you're on the back foot you're pulling out bits of information. You've lost total direction of what you're, you've gone out to do, and you can end up going away with nothing. And so as a natural extension from that, would you recommend using a questionnaire or a, or a pre-built question template, or is it better to keep it more organic? I, I think, Jamie, for the salesperson, clarity is so important. I have to be, if I'm clear, when I'm on my way, you know, flying or on the train or driving to the meeting, when there is clarity in my mind, about the benefit for the client, when I can see it in my mind, then I don't need to have a, a, a sort of a, a preamble and a script. I think if you're if you if you're starting to need that kind of thing, you're really clasping a little bit during the meeting. So I think you've got to be, and this is all about the preparation for the meeting. You've got to you've got to be you and the and the prospect have to be in agreement that there is an exciting opportunity. And, and I think the purpose of the meeting, you've got to think about why why are you meeting with the client? Well, there's a number of reasons. You know, if you haven't actually sort of set eyeballs on each other, there is that human interaction. That's really critical in building a relationship. But there is also, um, it's about discovering, you know. Now, I think that if you're not used to doing meetings, maybe, you know, you will you will want to maybe write down a few things like, um, you know, what are the time frames? Um, what kind of investment do you have? What goals? You, I, you've got to know what the prospect is looking to achieve by spending money. You know, that's the most critical thing. What are you looking to achieve? What does success look like for you? 
Um, so I think if you if you feel more comfortable with some questions, then that's okay. As long as you're not kind of reading off a sort of a, uh, a re- reading off a list. Um, it's really important the order that you do things as well, Jamie. So as I mm. say, you know, you set you set the scene. The, you you explain the purpose of the meeting. The meeting is so that we can you know establish these things here with a view to doing a deal. Okay, you don't word it quite that way, but that's essentially what you're saying. The first thing that you do is you find out about the client's needs. Now you've already done your homework, so you don't just do it from scratch. You already know. You ask some questions that you really already know, but it helps them to build. They start to tell you about what success looks like for them. Now the reason why you do this first, if you sit there and you talk about your audience first, the ch- and you find out then when you start to ask them about what their objectives if if they don't actually if they don't line up with what you've already told them you're dead in the water. You're far better ask them first of all about what success looks like for them. Whilst you're going through that process, you are able to think about the segments of your audience or maybe the, you know, the the the, the programs that you've got that are going to be right, you know, the right alignment. You may have to change what you what you planned before you went out there because you get information that's new to you, but you find out about them first. You give information on your platform or your product or your or your your network later. And so I suppose as we're starting to draw this meeting to a bit of a close and we're really getting to a place where we want to get a commitment from the client to really seriously review a proposal that we're going to come back with that has a a solution to a problem, how do you sort of bring that meeting to a close and set that agenda and expectation for them to to give you their commitment to to really seriously look at something that you're going to come back with. So during the course of the meeting, you've if you've done your fact find correctly, you know, and you, this should happen really before the meeting, but you know that there is a desire to buy. There has to be a desire to buy. So that's first and foremost. You've got some idea of the time frame. So that time frame could be dictated by something that we are doing that they're going to look at as an opportunity. Could be an event. Could be a you know a a, a special uh, focus or a program or something that they're doing, they may have a promotion. So you bring a timeliness together. Um, You then need to look at during the course of the meeting at at level of investment. And and again, that comes via what does success look like? And if you get a sense of the scale of what they're looking to achieve by what success looks like. Um, So towards the conclusion of the meeting, you then bring it together by saying, look, I understand X, Y, Z. The timing is really, really good now. I, I have a couple of ideas and I will usually give, I won't give like a, a myriad of different things, but I'll say, look, I've got a couple of ideas that are going to, that, that should be uh, the kind of success that you're looking for. Um, I would talk about the investment. I, I personally would talk about the investment level there and then rather than just ambushing them with figures that they go way, way too much or maybe even way too little. So I'd, I'd, I'd discuss at the, at the meeting what the investment's going to look like, see what their reaction is, get some sort of endorsement and, th- and then I would be very clear on what the time frame is for the next step. So I would then say, look, it's gonna take me a day, two days, half an hour, a week to prepare this particular information for you, for you to review. Because of the timely nature, because of the really exciting opportunity, we need to get this secured quickly because you always have to give the impression that this, that good things don't stick around and you have to make every opportunity unique. Not, I've got 57 different slots, you know, and you can take one of them. So you have to make this timely and you have to make it something that needs to be secured even if it doesn't happen for three months Jamie it needs to be secured now because good things don't stick around and so if we go back to that step that you have Alex around not overshooting the mark with budget but certainly not underquoting either which I think is a real trap yes we go in at a lowest common denominator as a salespeople we typically don't want to offend with a high budget so 
For the audience, how would you qualify a budget without over or undershooting the mark? That is so difficult, and it depends on who you're talking to. Because um, you know, if you're to, if you're meeting with an agency, for example, Jamie, I mean, sometimes uh, you know, the agency will give you a brief, and they'll say, you know, you've got you've got fifty thousand dollars to play with here, and, and and go and show us what you can do. There are other times where the client will not want to let you know what you've got to work with, but you can just kind of, you can kind of work it out. You know, it's like a puzzle, you know, you find out again, you come back and say, what does success look like? And you just start, if they say, you know, we want to sell, you know, 10,000 widgets. Well, I can kind of work out that to do that, it's, they're going to be spending quite a bit of money. If they say we want to sell one widget, I know maybe it's a smaller thing. If they say, well, we just want to really kind of highlight the new brand. I, I, I start to sense for myself what that's going to look like, and I start to think about how much is that going to cost to achieve that through my platform. And then I will, you know, and I will, I will try and get them to give me a number. But if they, if, if they will not give me any figure whatsoever, I will gauge by what they tell me success looks like, and then I will put a figure to that, and I'll see what their response is. And so, Alex, the final probably question in this in this stage of the sales process would be, in your experience coming back with no commitment to see anything is obviously a, a not success right yeah. it's 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 not not a great use of the salesperson's time it's not really deemed as being a successful outcome for the meeting but what i also as a sales director get quite concerned about is people coming in with very flimsy very unqualified opportunities because they want to put it into the pipeline yeah. they want to put the prop together and they want to basically show that they're doing the activity and so the question would be is it okay to if you if you genuinely feel like there's not an opportunity that's qualified or if the client is not committed to actually leave the meeting with no commitment or no qualified opportunity i think this comes back you've got to go back again to the origins of setting this meeting up and it may be that you know there may be a scenario where a uh, a a a, a, a client says, look, Alex, I'd like you to come down because we are going to be doing major things, but we're not ready to move right now. But I would see a considerable value at looking at, you know, Momentum Media's platforms and seeing what you can do for me, because when we are ready to move, we're going to invest big. Now, on that basis, I will I will work out um, what the value is of me going down. And, and, and I would go down and I would then maybe sort of go through and I would and I would try and then at least say look in principle when you're ready to move what is it you would look at doing so in in that scenario I would need to know before I go to the meeting that this is something big but we're not ready to move right now but I need to meet with you now because I need to start doing my marketing planning I think if there is a deal to be done and then you come back with nothing you haven't set the meeting up the right way you probably haven't conducted the meeting in the right format and I think it's a missed opportunity if you come back without some kind of commitment because you've gone down you know with a view to putting an opportunity forward that needs to be capitalized on quickly and urgency is the friend of every salesperson and everything needs to be urgent it needs to be exciting and it needs to be an opportunity and there needs to be value in the client right now to do whatever it is they're going to do right now so I think yes it is a, I think it is a missed opportunity Jamie personally yeah, no, and I think that's a really fair point because what I what I would say is there's a key difference between a commitment to see a proposal and an yeah. investment in making making you know or, or I suppose it's it's a commitment to see a proposal or a commitment to really seriously review an opportunity to invest with your media and it's it's a very slight difference in words but it means the difference between taking a lot of people internally in your media business out of their core role to work on a solution, to to craft a proposal, to engage pricing, to engage people from maybe the creative or the uh, the journalist sort of 
arm of your business. So it's really about looking at the resource you have to put behind putting a proposal together and making sure that if you're going to take these people offline to, to assist you in this proposal, that it is a genuine qualified opportunity with a client that if the the value equation, if the proposition is strong enough, will be able to make a move on that opportunity. You're absolutely right. And, and we, we all know that, um, you know, you're not going to convert every meeting because, you know, or maybe not even, you know, sort of on the first on the first instance. And if it is the first time you've met a prospect or a client, that people, some people take time. Sometimes budgets change. Sometimes, you know, the direction of the company changes. Sometimes, you know, things get delayed, you know, so you can't convert every single meeting. But I used to look really carefully when I first started out and I looked at my conversion rates from cold calling and phone calls. I looked at my conversion rates uh, when I'd actually gone and sent a, an actual structured proposal. I would never send a proposal, Jamie, unless there was an intent to consider signing off on it. I wouldn't just flick, some salespeople just go, oh, I'll put a proposal, shall I? And when a prospect says, oh, okay, you know, that that is not a proposal. That is just, I want to just put it in my list of proposals sent. So I would always qualify proposals. Meetings I would convert, I would generally convert if I did three meetings, I would get business from two of them. Would in in uh, you know sort of when I was uh, meeting clients regularly. That's just how things tended to sort of transpire. So I know that if I go into a meeting with the right way, if I do everything that I need to do the right way, I know that you know for every, for every three meetings I do, I'm going to convert two of them. So you know you need to be really honest to yourself, true to yourself, and you need to be true and honest to the client. You don't want to waste their time as well. I think that's a really really good. Uh, summation there, Alex. And I think before we jump into the next segment, I guess the last question I'm going to ask you is when we talk about qualifying the opportunity, in your experience, what do the media sales masters do in this process that sets them apart from everybody else? I think I think real people who are a master of their craft, having that ability to understand what the objective is from the client, the, the client you know, depending on what it is that they do, if it, it's usually going to be aligned. Let's let's look at why people. You've got some ongoing advertising for ongoing products, but often there will be a new product launch, uh, maybe a, re- a revision, uh, maybe there's been a change in terms of pricing. So I think um, tapping into and resonating with the the real opportunity for the client, showing that you understand the opportunity. And then showing them this link about how you can actually weave that back to our audience and how you can put a little bit of X factor into um, rather than just, you know, look for broadcast, you know, there's a whole different, you know, sort of group of ways that you can influence an audience. You know, certainly for, for digital media, there are all sorts of things that we can do to support that our journalists can do. And I think actually showing how we can make some make a little bit of magic happen and help them achieve their outcomes. Because at the end of the day, the marketing person wants to be successful in their in their outcomes. They want to do it for a reasonable uh, investment and get good value on their money. And I think when you can show them that you can shine a light on, on fixing on fixing a problem for them or creating an enabler for them, I think that is one of the biggest sort of green lights for getting business done and getting a meeting, making a successful meeting. Could not agree more. I can't ask my sales manager that. Okay, so we're in the segment now. I can't ask my sales manager that. Oh, and, yes. Uh, we've, got a, we've got another tricky one for you, Alex, but I think it's, uh, it's an interesting one when I read it. Uh, now, they put their name as TV rep. I'm assuming that's not their real name. Uh, they're based in Melbourne, and here is the question. I'm an account manager for a regional TV network. I've been in the business for three and a half years, firstly as a coordinator, and now I'm looking after my own agency portfolio. 
Starting out, my group sales manager would attend every client meeting with me so I had support and could learn how to drive the sales process. It was very helpful in the first six months, but I'm starting to feel a little frustrated by my sales manager always coming on appointments now. I feel like it's really stunting my growth and making it hard for me to establish credibility with my client. They also kind of dominate the conversation too much. <laughs> yeah. Um, they don't let me talk as much as I want to. How do I get them to stop doing this and eventually stop coming to every meeting? Exclamation, exclamation, question mark, question mark. So I can sense there's a bit of frustration there. Yeah. Um, that, that's an interesting one. I mean, what it would is. your what would your immediate impression be of that? Uh, it, it, is a tr- it is a tricky one. You, you know, two salespeople at a, at a meeting, unless you really are going through training and through learning, it is not ideal. And I think you've got to take the training wheels off really quickly and trust your people to do what it is that you're training them to do. For, for the sales rep, I would suggest that uh, maybe one of the things to do is, to, is rather than being reactive, so after a meeting, to go to the sales manager and say, hey, you know, Jamie, that was fantastic. I'm really grateful for your support. You know what? I really feel that I've learned a lot through, um, you know, through your structured approach to sales meetings. I've got some ideas and I'm going to go ahead and I would I'd probably say, look, I'm going to go away and I'm going to do the next one on my own because I feel that you've given me such a good background now. I want to be able to show you that I can take what you've taught me and I'm really looking forward and really excited about being able to do this for myself and I'll give you feedback when I come back from the next meeting. Or can I just check off before I go for the meeting? Would I do this? Would I do that? Would I do the other? And, and, and that would be a tactic that I would maybe engage. Now, if I think if the sales manager is maybe just being a little bit overprotective and a bit of over, overcautious, might just snap them out of it and go, oh, okay, Alex, yeah, look, maybe it is time for you to spread your own wings. You know, I think rather than necessarily just saying, getting annoyed and saying, look, let me do my own thing, I think I'd be plenty of, you know, sort of kudos to the uh, the sales manager. And I'd say, it's time for me to do my own thing. Look, I just want to run through with you though, before I go ahead, these are the things that I've learned. Is there anything you'd add to that? That would be my advice. I think that's a really, a really sound advice. What, what about you? What, what would you, what would you do? What do you Look, reckon? Probably, probably similar. I think the dynamic that might be, might be present if I'm looking at at TV selling into an agency market is maybe there's some level of expectation from these agencies or these clients that there's some senior re- senior representation at the meeting. Um, now that's speaking about my experience, but what I would suggest is that you can have a group sales manager go to a meeting in an agency you still need to let your account manager ultimately drive that conversation. So if I was the account manager and the dynamic that was present was the, the group sales manager wants to be present for, for maybe it's just a, a, a norm of their industry, I would actually say, look, I'd really love if you could let me take point on this meeting. I'd love to get some feedback, um, but please don't jump in and rescue me because because I want to potentially just get to a place where I can really sort of go out there and 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 have the safety net removed from below. So do I have your permission to let me drive this next one and and provide some feedback off the back? And I think what that does is is it first of all it doesn't necessarily get the group sales manager's nose out of joint. It's just asking for a bit of latitude. Um, and what it also does is it it creates a forum for some feedback. So yeah. you know I say to TV rep in Melbourne here, I think I can understand your frustration that you feel a bit stifled. But the question you have to ask is, are there actually areas where you still need a little bit of development and a bit of coaching? And how can you have a dialogue with your group sales manager to keep them accountable uh, to actually provide you that feedback rather than jumping in and rescuing? And I'm reading, it's timely, I'm reading an interesting book at the moment um, around sales leadership. And the question you have to ask yourself as a sales manager is, 
are you the hero or are you creating the hero? Yeah. And it's very easy for us to jump in and think that we are the the experienced closers and the senior people in the room and the ones that have to have our fingerprints on every deal. Um, that's very, very intoxicating, that feeling. And there's a lot of, you're absolutely right, Jamie. And you know, I think there's there's a lot of, I think when you've been a sales lead and you've you've done this and I think it's sometimes hard to let go. But, you know, you've got to make sure that, uh, that the right format and the right structure is followed. So I think, yeah, I think sometimes ego can kind of get in the way a little bit. I there. completely agree. Well, look, that's, uh, I can't ask my sales manager that. And I guess the other resource I'll point people to, if you want to sharpen up your skills in this area, head to mediasalesmastery.com, email us for a copy of a discovery meeting checklist. This is a really simple overview of the questions and content, and, and I suppose a broad framework that will help you form the basis for your meeting. So don't follow it prescriptively, but as you're you're working through your meeting, have a think about if you're you're covering off those different checkpoints and really driving that agenda, not allowing the client to necessarily come and hijack that meeting. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and make sure you email us your questions. We're eager to hear from you on what you, I suppose, want help with, any topics you want us to cover so you guys guide the show. One final thing you've got to do, you've got to connect with Alex. And Alex, let's talk about where the guys can connect with you, specifically Killer Media Sales and this great podcast that you guys are doing. Fantastic. Thanks, Jamie. Yep. Killer Media Sales, uh, you can find it at killermediasales.com. Uh, it's also available you know, via Apple and also via Spotify. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me at info at killermediasales.com. Alex, it's been a pleasure as always, my friend. Thank you very much for making the time. And uh, I know the last time we spoke, you had a terrible injury with your arm <laughs> from a charity boxing match. So I, I wish you a speedy recovery and I hope you get to come up to Brisbane for a uh, for a face-to-face interview sooner rather than later, my friend. Jamie, absolutely. And I'm sorry to let you down by uh, not coming up. I'm looking forward to seeing you next time around. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me on the show. It's been a pleasure. My pleasure, mate. Take care. You've been listening to Media Sales Mastery, the podcast for media sales professionals. Head to mediasalesmastery.com to help pick the topic, guide the show, and don't forget to subscribe to receive new episodes each week. 